This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Today's episode, we have a guest and I am really excited about this episode because this is something I really don't know much about. So we have Jen, aka Thrift to Travel, and she is going to talk all about selling discontinued items. And then there's also something else I know she's going to be sharing with us, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys listening. So we're going to dive into the episode. So Jen, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I, my name is Jen, and I am now a full-time reseller as of very recently. Uh, I think it's been a week since I uh, left my job after being there 15 years as a sh- social worker. Uh, so I am just kind of figuring out what I'm doing. It's my new routine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's been pretty crazy. I'm excited, though. Every day I wake up so much happier. So that's huge right there. Yeah, so that was the big news. So I mean, I think that is so awesome that you, you know, you did take that plunge to, you know, leave your nine to five and to start reselling full time. So I thought you would be a really good guest because I know a lot of people always have that question of when is it right? And that's my goal. That's my end goal is to eventually go full time. So let's get started with some of the questions. So how did you get started selling the discontinued products? Well, actually just started by just hitting up thrift stores and just buying these products that uh, I haven't seen in store shelves for so long. And so then I thought, well, maybe I can start get ahead of the game and find these products still in the stores and then sell them as a, at a higher price point because people it's hard for people to find them. And so it actually just really started by just thrifting and realizing that, wow, there's products that people are going to pay up for because they can't find them anymore. So, um, so I just kind of took that on where I'm hitting up like locally owned pharmacies, grocery stores, hardware stores, looking for these oddball products that people will pay up for. So that's kind of how I got started in that. So with selling the discontinued products, what platforms are you selling them on? So I sell them on uh, Macari, Amazon, eBay, Poshmark, and Bonanza and Together. Are you, I know, um, for a little while you were selling on Amazon. Are you still selling on Amazon as well? Um, so I make the most money on Amazon, but it's my least favorite platform to sell on. So <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with Amazon. So I completely understand. So you get it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What <laughs> tips could you give to our listeners who are interested in starting to look for and sell discontinued products? That's a good question. I, uh, I use Twitter a lot to see what people, because people reach out to brands and say, hey, I can't find this product anymore. Did you discontinue it or where can I find it? And so I use Twitter a lot to do a ton of research. Uh, Neutrogena has a huge fan base. So uh, their buyers are always posting on there. I can't find the sunscreen or this makeup remover. And then I hone in on that. And then I start looking. I look online. I go into stores. So Twitter, social media has been a huge help in finding what I should be looking for, what consumers are looking for, and just word of mouth. And so people know that you look for discontinued products. So I get some DMs, hey, I can't find this makeup or, you know, and so, so that's been good too, just putting the word out there. 
to people, letting them know that, hey, I might be able to find this for you. So you recently left your nine to five to resell full time. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people wonder, like, how long did it take you? And then kind of what factors played into making that big decision? Uh, So it wasn't I wasn't planning on leaving my nine to five. I've been there 15 years, but there was a change of management and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I really if I didn't have the reselling going on, I probably would have stayed there and I would have stayed miserable or I would have went to another nine to five. So having the reselling aspect, I was able to just say one day on a Monday, I resign. I'm giving you my two weeks. I'll be gone in two weeks. So um, having that and the experience as being a reseller made my decision very easy for me just to say, I'm not going to stay here anymore in this environment. Yeah. And it's been, yeah, it's been really good so far. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. So let's dive into thrift to travel is your handle on Instagram. So how often do you travel and do you source when you go traveling? I do. So it was hard to travel when I had the nine to five. I'm, it was hard to get time off. So I kind of just would travel when we had these holidays. So like Christmas time and then um, maybe a week in the summer. Uh, yes, I do. I love sourcing when I travel. So I would pick destination spots where I knew that they had discontinued products. So I spent a lot of time in the Caribbean because once stuff gets to the islands, it doesn't really it's not going anywhere. So they don't have like that fast turnover pace they do like in the United States where a store wants to the new products coming in. So we're going to clearance out all this to make room for it. In the Caribbean, you know, it's so hard to get stuff there that it just sits there until somebody buys it. So I was, it's like a gold mine. So you go to any of the islands and uh, you will find stuff that you haven't seen for years. So yeah, so I've been to Aruba, uh, the Caymans, St. Croix, San Juan, Puerto Rico, um, St. Lucia. I mean, I want to go to all of them. So, and I try not to go to the same one twice because I want, I'm so curious to see what, what's out there. <laughs> what's yeah. been one of your favorite places to visit so far? Um, uh, Probably Aruba. Probably it had the most discontinued product. It had so many products that I just, I have to go back. Yeah. And stock up again. And I know that several people in the community have gone and were able to stock up as well. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I think that, you know, what you're doing, like sourcing and being able to travel is like a dream come true for so many people. You know, I feel like a lot of people would love to do that. Could you give someone that feels like that some specific advice and if they want to start doing traveling specifically for sourcing what would you look for you know you said like islands that might be um it's harder for them to get inventory so then it just sits there is there anything else that you can add to that that might be a factor in someone choosing a place to go sourcing while traveling yeah. So I use Google Maps a lot. So what I'll do is before I decide to go to, let's say, somewhere in the United States, I went to Minnesota in October. I uh, look and see how many pharmacies I can find or grocery stores or hardware stores. So I base that like if there's a big enough list for me to make to go there and source, I'm going to hit up that city. So so that's how I kind of base it on. So I like to uh, base it on how many places I can hit up in one city. So I would say definitely use Google Maps and just filter by locally owned places. So forget Walgreens, Rite Aid's, um, major grocery store change. Just stick to locally owned mom and pop type places. Great advice. It's a huge factor for me. I think that, um, you know, Jen, you and I have a similar mentality on the idea of abundance, especially when it comes to sharing information with other people and not like gatekeeping things. Um, you share a ton of information for free with the reselling community. 
And I've, you know, sadly witnessed you being bullied because of that. Can you talk a little bit? And the instance that I am thinking of, I believe was last year or maybe the year before that. But could you talk a little bit about how you handle that and maybe some of the things that could help other resellers if they're experiencing negativity online due to like being a reseller or sharing information and just trying to help others? Yeah, I think, uh, well, at first, when I first started sharing my finds, it was I'm doing it to be popular or to gain a following. And uh, so that really hurt because that was never my intention at all was to come on and be a, an influencer or whatever. That's like the least of anything that I want to do or be a part of. Uh, so I just, you know, I got a degree in social work. I have a bachelor's degree. So I've always wanted to help people. It's always been something that I'm passionate about. I mean, I spent half of my career in social work. And so I just kind of took that to social media and I just want to help people like so if they're struggling to put gas in their car or to buy groceries don't get emotional um <laughs> I know me too but like this is exactly why we <laughs> are doing this you know like uh, we have both had times in our lives when it's been hard to like put things together and figure out what the heck we're going to do next and because of people like you that have shared information we're we're both able to now share information with other people. Yeah. Sorry, if you guys are watching on YouTube now, we're like all crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I promise I'll get myself together here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way. It's so helpful for other people. And, you yeah. know, I don't think, I think if you have the right intentions, that's extremely helpful. And so, yes, a lot of people were unhappy and, uh, you know, because there's a lot of competition, especially on Amazon, you know, I mean, and I get that, but uh, I, so that's why I just kind of focus on kind of harder to find products. I'm not telling people to go to Walmart and buy a, you know, some generic thing that anybody could do. So um, I try to keep it to that niche with the discontinued products. And uh, so the haters, I just, I'm getting better at just ignoring. <laughs> you have to ignore them. <laughs> yeah. Bring, and then kind of trying to explain too this is why i'm sharing it's because it could help you one day and you don't even know it so maybe you know try to give it a chance yeah it's hard though social media can be very hard for your mental health that's for sure that's why it's really important to take breaks and also take vacations so then that way you can get away you can unplug you know you don't have to deal with that so i completely agree i mean we have a a youtube channel freeway flippers and i had one video that people were just Oh, they were going off on me and I had to literally like brush it off. And it's sometimes that's really hard to do. I know people love to tell you just ignore the haters. But yeah, that can be really hard to do. It really can be. So it's a fine line. You have to walk a fine line with social media sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Do you have any help with your listing, sharing, sourcing, or is it all you behind the scenes doing the work? Um, my husband, who I never put him on my social media, I like to keep that part of my life private, um, just because of the haters and stuff. And anyway, he, he is my chauffeur. So he drives me around, um, especially islands where you have to drive on the opposite side of the road. And he is so good at it. And so he is just like my wingman. So yeah, so he's always there behind the scenes. Um, and he's, I don't know if I could do it without him, honestly. Like traveling, I I couldn't do it without him, honestly. So he's a huge support. Yeah. And he's always, he's my biggest cheerleader. So, but I'm the one that pays for the vacation. So it kind of is like, yeah, <laughs> he does get rewarded or yeah, he gets something out of it. 
besides being married to me. That's that's a great partnership. I love that. That's wonderful. So how many active listings would you say on average you have at any given time across all of your platforms just to give people kind of an idea? Yeah. So right now I have very little just because I'm not, I just started doing this full time. So I've never like less than 150 on eBay and the same for Amazon. So I really need to step that up and get out there, but it can be difficult because where I live, it's, you know, I'm 60 miles, roughly 60 miles from Seattle. And so here where I live, uh, there's really not that many thrift stores for me to go to every day. Like there's like two, we have, we don't even, we have a value village and a goodwill and then a couple little, uh, local like charity shops or whatnot. So, um, I'm gonna have to spend more time on the road. We, I do live close to Canada, so that's an option for me. I can cross the border and go up there and they have a ton of stuff. So I'm probably going to be spending more time in Canada thrifting than here in the States. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. Yeah. That's really interesting. I would love to join along on your travels through your stories. That would be really cool to watch. When you started posting your discontinued list, like your hardware list and your beauty list and all that stuff, um, I purchased, I believe, both of them. And they're very, very helpful because you, I think you had images and like the details and what to look for and everything. You know, I think like when people are starting to look for discontinued items, like I was, I had a background with like thrifting and then I was doing retail arbitrage. And just like anything else, it can be hard at the beginning because you don't really know exactly what to look for. So what would you say are some good indicators if you're walking into a family-owned hardware store in like a tiny little, you know, country town, what would be a good indicator to look for some discontinued items while you're there sourcing? Like how can you tell that they were discontinued? So I always say start with the shelf takes. They like people probably, you probably never paid attention before until you start like looking for this stuff, but they will put indicators on the shelf takes. A lot of times they'll either write discontinued or a big D or they'll change something on it. So always just start like w- looking at those shelf takes. I found so many products that way. It's just crazy. And another thing I look for, and this is so weird, but I look for dust. And so if something's been sitting for a long time, we'll collect dust. And then I look up comps and then you just be shocked to see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So dust and then just look right at the shelf takes. Um, and then, like I say, when I source in the Caribbean, you look for rust instead of dust because it's been sitting there so long. Stuff starts to rust. It's yeah. <laughs> That's great. Very good tips. Thank you for sharing that. So when you're selling these discontinued items and products, does it matter if the product is expired? And then do you have any tips for listing expired products? Like do certain platforms allow it, not allow it? Yeah. So eBay does not allow you to sell expired products and they really have honed in on that. Before they were pretty loose about it before the pandemic hit, I would say. Before the pandemic, you could sell used beauty products, perfume, hair gel, whatnot. But ever since the world changed, they completely got rid of that, which is really unfortunate because um, it was a lot of people were able to sell like half bottles of perfume or whatnot on eBay. And it was a great resource for everybody. So now um, I list all of my used beauty. I do sell used beauty products. I list them on Macari uh, expired. I list on Macari and sometimes on Bonanza, but um, mostly all that stuff I list on Macari. So used and expired items. Um, I don't really list very many used products on Bonanza because they're Google shoppers coming from a Google, you know, just looking up a product and they're trying to find it. And they don't really understand that it might be expired, even though you could probably write it 500 places on the listing. You might get that person that 
doesn't read. So yeah. <laughs> so you don't list any expired items on eBay at all? None. Or Amazon, of course. So with eBay, I I don't know if this is right, but I heard that if like you have like a half a bottle of perfume and it's expired that you could list it as a collectible. Right. So yeah, we were able to do that for a while. And then uh, if there is any indication that there's any liquid in that bottle, they will take it down. You never know. Sometimes you hear things out the reselling community and you're like, okay, just because somebody's doing it doesn't mean that it's okay to do, you know? And, you know, and I kind of, I like to get, like, people will tell me, don't list that on eBay because of this and that. But I kind of like to do my own thing. And I like to find out for myself. I'm really bad about that. I was doing collectible for a while. And then, then they said, no, you can't do that anymore because it shows liquid. And so I waited for eBay to tell me I couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) Ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah. I actually had the same experience. I had um, a couple bottles of vintage uh, Chanel perfume and I was listing them on eBay. They were adorable. They were just so cute. And I know that they would go perfectly like on someone's, you know, like dressing table or something at a gorgeous like old house. And uh, they, they took them right down. I think they were up for like less than an hour. They, they took them right down. So it's good information to have for sure. What has been your biggest challenge with reselling so far up until this point? Um, I think finding products to sell. That's always a challenge. Like you're always looking, you're always researching. I would say that would probably be my biggest challenge so far is just finding enough product to flip, especially in the summertime when people aren't really donating stuff. I mean, they're out doing things. I don't know. I just... I would say that would probably be my biggest challenge. All right. So next up, we have some questions from members of our Facebook group. So Patty, who actually is my friend, and she told me about you because she she has some of your um, discontinued lists. And I always wondered because she does a lot of traveling. She likes to go hiking. She lives in Las Vegas, goes up to Utah. And she's always telling me, she's like, I found this item and this item and it pretty much paid for my whole trip. And I'm just like, where are you finding this information? Like, can you pass it on to me? But she told me, she's like, Jen, thrift to travel. That's where I get all my, you know, discontinued products from. She'll put the list out or or show on social media. And I just look for those. And that's exactly what she does. So she wants to know if it's worth it opening up accounts on Bonanza and Truegetter. And then also, how do you organize all your discontinued items? So I would say yes on Bonanza. So Bonanza will import all of your eBay right to the to your Bonanza storefront. So you don't have to do anything. It's really nice. You don't have to pay for anybody to do any relisting for you and all that kind of stuff. And you can also uh, link your Amazon to it too. But I choose not to do that just because Amazon is so finicky and whatnot. And I just don't want to mess up my Amazon whatsoever. Uh, so I would say yes on Bonanza. And then just be careful. I uh, was ex- started ex- accepting credit cards on Bonanza and I've had two chargebacks. And so I um, no longer take credit cards on Bonanza. I'm doing strictly PayPal. And then I buy the shipping through PayPal and upload it to the Bonanza website. Um, that way I'm covered. If somebody says, you know, I didn't authorize this purchase. Well, I bought shipping and it went to your house. So, uh, and then Truegather is kind of I, on the fence because you have to sales tax. You have, you're in charge of the sales tax. So you have to remit the sales tax to your state. So if you don't feel comfortable doing that, uh, don't sell on Truegather. Those are all really good tips because I've honestly never heard of either one of them. 
So that is definitely news to me. I'll have to look into them. So the second part of the question was, how do you organize all your discontinued items? So she wanted to know, like, do you use boxes? Do you organize them uh, by brand? Or how do you organize them? Um, I asked so funny because I just posted a story on Instagram today. It's just a mess. I just have these clear bins and I just have them in there. And I just, yeah, I have no organization skills at all. Something, But now that I have some extra time, I might actually get to it and organize all my inventory. But it's, they're basically, I have three bins and I put all the, like the shampoos and stuff in one bin and then stuff that's in a box in a separate bin. And then my perfumes are in their own bin entirely. So I, cause I don't want the scents to intermingle with other products and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a pretty sight, but it worked. For now. <laughs> well, with you being full time now, and you're going to be getting a lot more inventory, then it's time to start that inventory system. <laughs> for sure. Renee wants to know if you're still posting videos on YouTube. And if not, do you have a plan to start back up? Yeah, so I was posting, I enjoy YouTube. And then the world changed. And I didn't feel comfortable saying go to the store and buy all of this product because you can flip it. It just felt really it was not uh, good to be doing that during when everybody was panic buying and I just it felt really wrong to me so I haven't posted on YouTube since pre everything happened but now that I have time I'm going to start posting my thrifting and uh, estate sale finds and stuff on YouTube so I'm looking forward to that well I hope that you start posting on YouTube because I love your content on Instagram so I can only imagine how great it is on YouTube Baya wants to know what your daily schedule looks like. So how do you, you know, how many times do you source? Like, what does it look like a day in the life of Jen? Um, That's a good question. Because I don't really know yet. <laughs> I can what was it was like two weeks ago when I was working, I would go to the gym before work, go to work, go to the gym. And then on the weekends, I would do my sourcing. Um, So like maybe one day a week, I would do sourcing. But now I am going every day. So I'm hitting up the thrift stores every day um, and going to like Walgreens and Rite Aids to look for clearance items. Um, I and I don't really get a lot of enjoyment from the retail arbitrage part of Walgreens and Rite Aid. But right now I'm just kind of struggling figuring out what I'm doing. Um, so that is definitely going to change in the near future. So, but definitely thrift stores every day because I enjoy that. That's the best way to find inventory is to be going every single day because you never know when they're going to start putting items out. I know that I've gone like multiple days and and definitely found new things that they start putting out. And it's good to go every day because then you learn like, especially when you don't have a full-time job, you know, you can go every single day, but then you learn like what are the best days to go, you know, which, which thrift stores are the best ones to go to. So I think going every day is a really good benefit. Yes. And I'm going at different times. So just to kind of gauge what's working, what's not working. <clears throat> I have noticed when I go in the morning, I've there's like resellers, which I've never even noticed before. They must have never went on the weekends or I don't know. But there's a lot of people walking around with their phones out. And so that's been really interesting to see. It's a whole nother world. So. All right. So for the last question, we ask this to every single guest. If you could give fellow resellers one piece of advice on how they can turn their paycheck into a day check, what would it be? Uh, consistency and uh, great customer service and shipping on time, shipping when you're supposed to, uh, describing items accurately. Those are all really good tips. And I think those are things that we should all focus on as well, which is a lot of those we've touched on many episodes in the podcast. Um but we wanted to take the time to thank you so, so, so much for being on the podcast. 
I know this is very valuable for me personally, because now I want to honestly, I want to go on a trip to a tropical island and I want to go sourcing. (laughs) So we cannot thank you enough. Jen, um, can you let listeners know where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So I'm on my handle is Thrift to Travel across all platforms, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.